This is the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Could we just pray for that person that's not too far from here but is hurting and suffering? Could we just bow our heads? God, I just ask that that person that's not very far away from here, maybe down the block, maybe on the other side of town, person that's hurting, person that's lonely, the person that's suffering, the person that feels that nobody cares. God, would you just reveal yourself? Reveal yourself to them and even use us as, if it's necessary. Let us be willing. Let us be willing to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we, uh, we have guests with us, and um, we're honored to have Jason and Tammy Dodson. They, uh, they're not strangers to most of you. Uh, they have been here just uh, representing, um, you know, missions. Uh, they, they feel the, the call of God on, on their heart, and, uh, you know, we feel pretty good about ourselves sometimes whenever we invite somebody to church. We feel like, God used me. Um, these are people that have a commitment to just do more than invite someone to church. They're willing to, um, to give, to sacrifice, to serve, to uh, give up what's familiar, what's comfortable. They've served some time in uh, the country of China. And um, how many years? Eight years? Seven and a half years and, um, you know, COVID just kind of turned everything upside down, just changed everything. And so whenever that ministry kind of closed, uh, they came back to uh, regroup, re- reboot, and they have, and they believe God is leading them. I'm not going to actually steal their thunder, but I've asked Jason to just share with us the Word of God, and then based on that foundation, he's going to share with us what he feels God is leading him to do. So, Jason, would you please come? Let's give the Dodson family a warm welcome this morning. Good morning and happy Thanksgiving early. Um, I'm going to do something real quick so they won't be nervous anymore. Uh, Team Dotson, would you stand? And just turn around and just kind of wave at people. Make sure you realize there's people on this side way over here. And people way over here. All right. That's important because if you can figure out which are the two that are my daughters, you'll need to know that at the end of the service because they'll have some important things for you as you leave, okay? It is a a great honor to be trusted to come and speak to you this morning. Uh, We've got a a lot to cover in half an hour, uh, or an hour, or an hour and a half as God leads, and you're patient. No, we won't make you too nervous, Pastor. We know there's another group coming in um, that also... Those people really need to hear the Word of God, don't they? Yeah, because they can't get up early on Sunday. 
Today's an interesting day because it's a, a strange confluence of, in the church calendar, if you weren't aware, Christ the King Sunday. I love the title of this Sunday. The, the last Sunday before Advent, and we begin to really anticipate Christmas. What a way to start. Christ the King, and then, oh wait, no, he was a baby. He's all those things, right? So it's that, plus it happens this year to fall on Thanksgiving week, if you will, and all of our hearts are turned towards the the blessings, counting the blessings as we sang today. But then I'm supposed to also bring in this kind of idea of, oh, this is Missions Sunday as well. How to do all of that? I don't know. I'm just here with you. But let's see what happens. I want, to, I want to start by reading you a very familiar passage and then just sharing a few thoughts. And then also, as Pastor mentioned, giving you a little bit of the nuts and bolts of what we feel God is calling us to do. So if you can listen quickly with me, and if you want to go with me to Matthew 28, very common passage, verse 16. Jesus has come, he's lived, he's spent his life, he's died, he's resurrected himself. Yeah, all those things. And now he's giving his last charge to his followers before he literally goes up into the sky. In Matthew 28, verse 16, it starts like this. Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. I never noticed this phrase, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the very end of this age. Heavenly Father, help me to be able to correctly speak from your word today, to share only what you want shared and nothing more, nothing less. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Guys, I've got something really exciting to share with you. I just read this this week, an article from the Gospel Coalition printed just earlier this year. Yes, even after COVID. It goes like this. In the last 20 years, more Iranians have become Christians than in the previous 13 centuries since Islam came to that country. In 1979, some of you will remember, there were an estimated 500 Christians from a Muslim background in Iran. Today, there are hundreds of thousands. Some estimate more than one million. Yes, you can applaud that. According to research organization Operation World, Iran has the fastest growing evangelical movement in the world today. That's what you need to know. Ignore everything else you hear about Iran in the news. 
pray for that country. Why? Why does this matter? Not only for Iranians, but it matters because the second fastest growing church in the world is Afghanistan. Do you know why? Because there are so many Iranian missionaries that are hearing the gospel. I mean, Iranian missionaries that are sharing the gospel with the Afghans, their neighbors. My friends, the gospel is going forward today. That's the exciting news. People in Iran are hearing the gospel. They are receiving the commission, the words that you hear right here in this passage, and they are going out at risk to their own lives and sharing with their neighbors inside their country and outside their country. And that's what, what is supposed to happen. You get that. Now, with that exciting story, flip to another one really quickly. If you go back in time to the 13th century, two Italian merchants were given a very special commission by Kublai Khan, grandson of Genghis Khan, ruler at the time of the largest empire the world has ever seen, before or even now. Huge empire that enveloped all of Asia and parts of Europe. This Emperor Khan was interested in learning about this religion he had heard of called Christianity. And he asked these two merchants to return from Beijing back to their home in Europe and find their leader that he heard was called the Pope and request that 100 missionaries be sent immediately to his court to teach his people and himself about Christianity. Unfortunately, the Pope and the church at the time were concerned about other matters, other problems, and didn't see and didn't really care about this emperor's request. After all, he's way over there. Only two missionaries eventually set out with these merchants, and unfortunately, they didn't even make it halfway back to China before they quit because it was too hard. Around the same time, the emperor was also interested in a newfangled religion on the outskirts of his empire in the Himalayan mountains. It was known as Tibetan Buddhism. Legend has it, he invited the sages from that religion also, and they responded. And today, if you go to China, even with all of its secularization, atheism, and attempts to get rid of every kind of religion... Buddhism is almost synonymous with Chinese culture. Take these two huge stories and we see opportunities won and opportunities lost. Commissions that were received and full steam ahead and commissions that were lost. Great commissions. What opportunities are we missing to those not too far away from us, even here in El Dorado Springs, let alone the world? As I look at this passage of Scripture today, there's just a, a quick few reminders that I want to offer you as time continues to move on. And the first one 
that I want you to see to help you recover your fervor for the commission that has been given to you is to notice who is giving you the commission here. In verse 18, who gives the commission? Jesus. Jesus gives the commission to his disciples. And in it, it says that he reminds them, all authority in heaven and on earth is in me, and I'm giving you this commission. And then later he says he's going to go with us always, even to the end of the age. Today is Christ the King Sunday. It's not Christ our democratically elected leader Sunday. And that's important for us Americans to remember. There is a big distinction. Democracy, for all of its strengths, has a fatal flaw. It can give you the false sense that you control your destiny, that we control our destiny, that we are equal with the highest leaders of the land because, after all, we can just vote them out. But the problem is, those of us steeped in this culture can very easily, for for worse or for better, we can very easily get the idea or lose the idea of Jesus as king. Hmm. We forget what it means and how important it is to be king, small k, let alone king, capital K. My friends, I want to remind you today from this passage that Jesus is king. He is Lord, capital L-O-R-D. He is master. He is sovereign over it all. He is creator of the universe. He is savior of the universe. And he is God almighty. If we can somehow recover that idea of Jesus instead of this whatever we create in American Christianized culture today. The only thing we could do is exactly what the people in front of Emperor Khan would have done back in the 13th century. They would have fallen on their knees and their head would have hit the ground in what we call today the kowtow. And that is the only acceptable position in the presence of the emperor. My friends, You and I, if we could recover this posture, if we took a commission from Jesus, from the emperor himself, we would be so honored. We would be ready to give it all for him. Because after all, he's king of the universe. It doesn't matter what it costs, life or limb. It's just a tremendous honor to serve. Give me something to do and I'll do it. But right here is where most people bow out instead of bowing down. Because they don't see Jesus for who he really is. So serving him really isn't that serious of a commitment. Moving on very quickly. I look at verse 19 and I see some important words. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. It's interesting. The people that were hearing these words, go, therefore, and make disciples, were, in fact, disciples. 
He's speaking to disciples and he's saying, go make more disciples. Let's not make this too complicated. There's all kinds of exegesis that goes into this passage. I've heard all kinds of, of entire semesters of classes on this idea. But let's not make it let's not make it complicated. Your commission is simply to replicate yourself. Are you a disciple of Christ? Answer that question to yourself right now. Are you a disciple of Christ? Then you can receive the commission to go make another disciple. Here's the simplest I can break it down for you guys today. The word here makes it clear that God has big plans for your transformation and mine. He's working towards complete transformation. Amen? A sanctifying wholly or completely of your life and mine. Each of you are in the process of that somewhere right now. You're not done, no matter how many years you've been here. Amen? We could all sing the song, He's Still Working on Me. Our past, our present, and even our future is in God's hands. The transformation that He's done in the past, what He's doing today in the the present, and even what He's going to do in the future, all of that transformation power is a witness to His divine power. A witness to those who are watching your life and the transformation that is happening. Let me ask you today, is your story of transformation from brokenness to wholeness? Is it from sickness to healing? Doubt to certainty? Self-loathing to selfless service? Is it from something like twisted immorality to now you are those that people look to for integrity? Maybe it's from the depths of grief to an even deeper peace and joy. Whatever your story of transformation is, the commission here simply is go out, find someone else like you were, and help them to become like you are now. You don't have to have all the special education. You don't have to have something written out in long form from the emperor to carry around. You don't need a certificate. You just need to tell your story to the people that have suffered like you've suffered. You want to know why you've suffered the way you've suffered? Because there are so many other people out there that are still in that place and they need to hear what you have to say. That's the extent of our commission. Disciples who go and make other disciples. Amen? And the final thing is, if you look after those words, disciples of all nations. Now, it's interesting. When you see in this passage, disciples of all nations, look back at the top in verse 16. How many guys were there listening to this? Eleven. Only eleven of the twelve. One guy had already gone. Did 11 guys actually get out there and disciple all nations? Not literally. There was way more than 11 nations at the time. Now, some of these guys, if you search out their history, you'll see they went quite far. 
Some of them, like James, never made it out of Jerusalem before he was beheaded. But what he means here is, these guys are going to do their part, which is going to lead to someone else doing their part, which is going to lead to someone else doing their part, and in the end, the thread is going to cover a tapestry of all nations. And you're going to see it in Revelation, where it predicts that at the end of it all, there is going to be a crowd of people standing at the foot of the throne from every tribe, tongue, and nation. It will be done. No matter what happens in this world, that is the end of the story. But are you going to be a part of that? Are you going to receive the commission? May I, may I tell a personal story real quickly? Thank you for that, for giving me permission. In the 1960s, Way back in the 1960s, in Joplin, Missouri, a minister by the name of Willard decided that more people in his community needed to hear about Jesus. He knocked on the door of a farmhouse and he invited a couple of kids to church. He even volunteered to pick up those kids because their parents were not interested in coming to church. One of those boys later accepted Christ at the age of 12, and he grew up to become a missionary to the Caribbean and later to West Africa. While he was in West Africa, his oldest son one day came to him and asked him if he would pray with him because he wanted to wholeheartedly follow Jesus, even if it meant that he too might have to serve abroad someday. Many of you enter the story here because you were involved in commissioning that oldest son, me and my family, to serve in China way back in 2011. And some of you, many of you, have followed along on that journey. In the spring of 2017, we, Team Dotson, met a university senior named Joseph who needed encouragement in his faith. That was all we were asked to do. Meet with him. Encourage him in his faith once a week. As he finished his senior year, his final semester, Joseph revealed to our family that God was calling him, commissioning him to leave his country and to serve abroad. And I'm happy to tell you today, he went for a year, but he's still there three years later in the country of Turkey, sharing the gospel. So who's responsible for the gospel getting to those people that Joseph is talking to in Turkey? Is it me because I went to China? Is it my dad because he went to Africa and he was faithful to disciple me, his son? Is it, is it because of that Pastor Willard who went out there in his community and knocked on the door and shared the gospel with that young man from the pagan home? Yes. Yes. And yes. All the above. When you go out there and you do what you're supposed to do. You are part of a thread 
that gets sewn to another thread and another thread, and pretty soon the, ha- the tapestry. Or to put it with another picture that comes from Scripture, the streams, all the streams lead to a river. And the river leads to the city of God. The question is, will you accept the commission to be a part of something that wonderful? We don't need to make this complicated, people. We just need to remember who's giving us the commission. Amen? And receive the honor from that. (laughs) We need, secondly, to remember that all we need to do is replicate what God has, see replicated what God has done in our own lives. Share our story with those that need to hear it. And that part, all these pieces will lead, actually lead, if we do our part, whoever we talk to will lead to another and another and another until all nations are reached for Christ. It's tough to switch gears, but we do want to share this morning a piece of that. Because if you take that story that began in the 60s, or began way before that, I just don't know the, the story before the 60s and who, who led Mr. Willard to Jesus. But as Pastor Joe mentioned, there's a transition that's happening with our family. We don't know all of what God has in the next chapter, but we do have a clear direction for a country. You get to be the the last church, the final church, to hear um, this description. Because in two weeks, on December the 6th, two weeks from tomorrow, we're supposed to fly out um, to the country of Jordan. If you could put the map up, please. We'll try to wrap this up in the next five to seven minutes. I want you to just look at this map, and I want you to see the country of Jordan, but I also want you to see all the white space around it. What countries do you see? What do you know about those countries? Probably not too many great stories coming from those places. Take Syria on the north side, for example, has been in a civil war for 10 years. Half of its population have been displaced. Should I say that again? Half of its population have been displaced, many of them outside of the country. Jordan has been a country historically that has been surprisingly stable and without conflict in the history of the Middle East. It's had some, but remarkably stable. In fact, I just saw in the, a story this week in, in the rankings, it's in the top 15 safest countries in the world. It's above the United States of America. Because it has been stable historically and a safer place to be, but not so far away from Muslim culture and Arabic language that a lot of the neighbors would be familiar with, People have flooded into that country, refugees. 
At the end of 2019, the, list, the, the, the official number was 745,000 refugees in a country the size of Indiana. It is into that that we wish to go. Why? Because we want to share with you the simple vision. Think of the threads of the tapestry. What if these refugees went back home someday transformed and trained? What could happen in the chapters after us? If they went back home to rebuild Syria, if they went back home to northern Iraq, if they went back home to places like Yemen and beyond, what could God want to do across the Middle East from this place? Our job is simple, to go, to rent an apartment, to live on the streets, because 80% of those refugees are like us. They're living in a city. They're not living in a camp. They're accessible. They're anxious. They're hurting because their lives have been upended. I'll have Tammy come and share a quick story of an example. I've got a mic. Maybe. This one work? Which one's left again? Tammy's going to give you an example of one of these ladies. Okay, I'll make this quick. Um, one of our teammates, um, her name is Sunny. Her and her daughter were um, on the street corner. They had a grocery cart full of their food, trying to hail a cab. And she noticed there was an, uh, a woman standing beside her, a Muslim woman with the head covering and everything. And this woman also had a cart full of groceries. And she leaned over and she gave Sunny a piece of bread. And she said, this is for you. And Sunny was so taken back by her kindness, her generosity. So she started chatting with this lady and found out she is an Iraqi woman um, from, and her family lived in Baghdad. She happened to have a PhD and she worked in the university in Baghdad. Um, but her family was not feeling safe in her country. Um, her house had gotten broken into three times. Her brother had been kidnapped. And they just, they just simply couldn't live in their home anymore. So she uprooted her family, and they, they came to Amman to live. Um, it was just interesting for Sunny to see how these people who have such high society, they come down and their refugee status and... They lose their dignity, um, and they have to start over again. So a few days later, this woman invited Sunny and her two kids over to her house, made her this huge Iraqi meal, and they, they chatted about deep things about life. Sunny's able to share with her. And so I think it's just a great example how relationships are begun, how love and dignity are shared, and... Um, we, this is ongoing right now. They call her Raleigh. So you can pray with us for Raleigh that she would become your sister in Christ and that she would have the hope of the Lord in her heart. Amen. 
What if Raleigh returned to the University of Baghdad transformed and trained? One of the reasons why the gospel is exploding across the Middle East right now is because of the way Jesus is choosing to move and to work amongst Muslims. He's appearing to them in dreams and visions. It sounds strange to us, but let me tell you a real story, again, shared by our team. This is the last story, so buckle up. Or unbuckle or something, I don't know. Um, while our teammates that were joining were walking the streets of Amman, one of them came to meet a young man that they called Tim. Tim was from a rather large family, five siblings, um, but a very dysfunctional family. Lots of abuse going on. He happened to be the youngest of those kids, and so he bore the brunt of a lot of this. One night, Tim, uh, Tim tells him the story later after they become close friends. He says, I was up on the roof of my house. I was crying because I was trying to get away from more abuse in my family. And while I'm lying there on the roof of my house, there's a man that appears on the roof. He doesn't say anything to me. He just walks over to where I am, and he lays his hand on my heart. I don't know who this man is, but I know that he wants to heal the pain in my heart. And my teammate says, I know the man. And he invites him to open the Bible, come meet with him regularly. They already have the friendship, the relationship. Just open the Bible and let's read the stories and see if you can't figure out who the man is. Isn't that pretty simple? I mean, you don't have to be incredibly smart. You don't have to be incredibly gifted. You just have to feel the weight of the commission. And you have to be there where the person in need is and then share what God's done for you. You could all sign up and join me today. My friends, we're excited. We're eager. We don't know where God's going to take all of this. But we know the great things are happening and we do not want to be a part of the story where they didn't send the missionaries. And the Chinese empire was perhaps part of its conjecture, but perhaps forever changed because of the missed opportunity. And we invite you to walk with us in this story. Sign up for a newsletter. Give me your email today after the service. Uh, see my daughters if you want to be a part, if God's gifted you with finances. Whatever the case may be, continue the thread. And most importantly, would you help weave just a little bit more of the tapestry starting right here in El Dorado Springs? God bless you. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Tammy. Now comes the part that you are so good at. You're amazing. You always respond in situations like this. I don't have to beg you. I don't have to threaten you. You just do it because you're generous. You're obedient. You want to be part of this ministry. So let me just maybe tell you how it can be done. Um, of course, prayer. That they, they want prayer support. You know the importance of prayer in your life and your family. And so... We're going to ask you to just really 
pray for them. And then, um, you know, we're going to ask you to give. And, and you do this. You, 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 know, you, you know the drill. Um, you know, one-time offerings are great. Uh, consistent monthly offerings are better. And um, just however God leads you, on the way out, uh, Liliana and Lydia are going to be at the doors, and they're going to hand you this right here. Uh, this has the, uh, the, the code if you want to scan it. Um, or you can go to our uh, you know, mobile giving for the Church of God Holiness. And if you go to missions and you go down to Dodson, you will see their name. It's already there. So you can just uh, plug in the amount there and, and give uh, mobile giving. If you want to give an offering today, there will be a box uh, at their table, which is right outside these doors, just to the right. There'll be a box there, says uh, Dodson, and if you want to give an offering, just make the check out to the Church of God Holiness, and then we'll turn around and, and uh, write the ministry a check. So there are a lot of different ways, and uh, the family is going to, uh, Tammy, if you want to go ahead and make your way back to the table, um, we want to get to know them. We want you to know them better. So the challenge is here, and uh, I know you're going to do what needs to be done Thank you so much for responding. Let's pray. Father, we do ask that um, our obedience would be to the full. Uh, God, that we would do what we're supposed to do, that we would take up the mantle and pray, that we would intercede. God, that we would also um, just, uh, God, I pray that you would help us to uh, look at our finances, uh, the budget that we have uh, individually, Lord, that we would do what needs to be done. And God, I pray that uh, there would be just uh, peace as uh, these last two uh, weeks go by. God, give them peace that passes all understanding. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And everybody said... Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Our messages are archived at www.eldochurch.com or to order compact discs or DVD videos of the messages, call the church at 417-876-2200. Thank you for listening.